Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Hello and welcome to the A to Z Sports Preds Nashcast, a.k.a. Goalie Tactics by two guys who aren't even goalies. I'm your host, Alex Darty, and I'm joined by my co-host, Chris Link. Today on the show, the Preds have dramatically improved their playoff chances with a huge win over Dallas, as well as a home split with Florida. We're going to talk about those two games, or the, those three games rather, and how much they impact the playoffs, the playoff chances for the Preds. Um, we are also going to talk about goalies today, <clears throat> specifically UC Soros, who is having an incredible season. Uh, most would say that he deserves Vezina votes. I, I think definitely he deserves that. Uh, but uh, th- I, the bigger question for today is how do the Preds play these final four games with everything that they have to consider? Goalie rest, maintaining their playoff spot, a couple other things. Um, so how do they how do they finish out this season uh, with their goalie specifically, considering how great UC Soros has been? Uh, and uh, yeah, the Preds are trending up. There's more and more fans in Bridgestone Arena, 33% capacity on Saturday. Folks, it is starting to feel somewhat normal again. Uh, Link, how are you doing? I'm doing pretty well. I actually, I'll tell you, I have I have at least one goalie stick in my attic, so <clears> I'm closer. Than you, but I still am I, not a goalie. I could not even skate in goalie skates. There's no way. And I, I play I, hockey, yeah. and I I couldn't skate in goalie skates. There's so it's too hard. Yeah, no, I've never even I've never put goalie <laughs> skates on. So I, I, don't, I don't even want to go there. But no, I had a buddy who um, moved back to North Carolina and just left his sticks for some reason, and for I, and I just they've just been living in my attic. So if you need a goalie stick or even some normal some just regular hockey sticks, I don't know what hand in this they. I can't remember. I will gladly get rid of those things because they are they are not going to travel with me to my next home the the weirdest thing to me about a about a goalie stick goalie stick is that they have to hold them with one hand like that that blows my mind is that the stick is bigger the blade is bigger and they still hold them with one hand like obviously they're not handling the puck very often they're just paddling away but like I, I don't even think I get used to that I mean like I I'm I've got my hands both hands on my stick like at all times like it's so hard to imagine what it would be like to hold just a stick with one hand all the time. Well, it's, it's, um, you know, it's just having, you have to grow up with a different mentality, right? I mean, I always think about, you know, uh, what hockey goalies deal with is, is I think similar in some ways to what you see with, with soccer goalies. Like you're talking about a guy who never wears his team's colors on the field. (laughs) Yeah. You know, it's like you, you just used to a different world and it's hard probably to just suddenly switch. I mean, you never get someone who's like drafted as a goalie and they're like, you know, he's a really good skater. We should try him as uh, we should try him as a defense. Right. Like you don't get that because yeah, exactly. they spent their entire youth learning to skate a different way. I would say even, way. even soccer goalies, soccer goalies for the most part are like the, the, the skills translate much more frequently into the field. Right. I mean like yeah. so- soccer goalies are so frequently like just really good defensemen who then happen to play goalie at some point and, and make their skills that direction. But like hockey goalies, it's like, I mean, that is a totally different set of skills. Oh yeah, oh yeah. You have to 
untrain probably because if you don't start as a goalie, you had to untrain instincts. And yeah, you, yeah. You know, how many times have we seen goalies just go and block a puck with their face? <laughs> like some of them do it intentionally. Right. Yeah. UC Soros does that frequently because that happens to be the angle <laughs> that is, is more likely to happen. Wouldn't be surprised if he's got like a metal plate right underneath, like yeah, the the face mask part, like or right it's... at the crown of the head, just <laughs> clanging right off. <clears throat> so let's talk about this last week because it's been there's been a lot. So they had two games against Florida. The first one, four uh, one win over Florida on Monday. Uh, three of the veteran ads in the offseason, Grandland, Halla, and Cousins, all get on the score sheet, and Trinan adds another one. UC Soros was fantastic in this game. He had thirty nine saves. The Preds were kind of being overrun by the the Panthers for most of the game. Uh, I mean, honestly, one of his best games on the season. So many just highlight real saves. I mean, pad saves, glove saves, everything. Yeah. He was fantastic. Yeah, I mean, it's um, I mean, it was a good game. It was a tight game. I think um, Florida with their play probably deserved better, but I, I do think the Predators on the back of Soros really uh, had a bit of a statement. But un- unfortunately was kind of showing a pattern where the predators go up against one of these top teams. The top team is, it seems like they're caught. They're like just coming a little bit casual, maybe like, Oh, this is, this is one of the, this is not a threat. This is not one of the other, you know, two big players. And they mm-hmm. get their noses, blade, noses blade a little bit. And then they come out the next match and they come out swinging. Yeah. Which is what we saw in the follow-up game. <laughs> you mean in, uh, Oh, on Tuesday. Yes. On correct. Tuesday. Yeah. The next right. Game, right. You know. Right. Yeah, definitely swinging. And I, I mean, I think that the, I mean, this wasn't everything, but the second game, the seven four loss, like that is uh, the 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 star, starting Soros on zero days rest. I, I mean, I, I we've we've talked about this before. I think everyone can can uh, make an argument for it, but starting goalies on zero days rest is a, is always ill advised. Yeah, I mean it. The only exception to that rule, because I think it is at this point a rule, we, we know pretty clearly that uh, statistically, if you have your starter and your backup and your starter played the previous night, don't play them back to back. Or even vice versa, if your backup played the previous night, don't play the backup again. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just been demonstrated with data that you have a higher chance of winning with a fresh goaltender. I mean, it's an exhausting position. I mean, we, we used to have... I think there were stories of, of Pekka getting IVs after games to replenish fluids. I mean, goalies lose a ton of water every single game. They lose, mm-hmm. they burn a ton of calories every single game. Cause they're out there on their feet the whole time, constantly alert. Uh, so there's the only, so let me get to back to what I was going to say. The only time you consider starting the same guy two nights in a row is if you're primary goaltender whether it be your starter your backup whatever is injured and can't play and your backup is maybe not what you want to have like it is a you know it is a ahl goaltender or like some a third string who you just really don't want to put in that position right um because then you may have a better chance it may change the numbers uh, but yeah even if you had pecorine in that net i don't know if that would have won the predators the game Correct. I don't yeah. know if that would have made the game tight. I mean, it was Soros didn't lose the game for the Predators through his fault or not, whether he's exhausted, he played poorly. I mean, I think he would let in one high danger chance. Everything else was either medium. He even let in a couple kind of weak goals. Um, but the team in front of him was 
bad. Yeah. The team was bad. And that's that seems to be a pattern. You know, they they do well, they play a they put in a good shift, and then night two comes around and whether it be Carolina or Tampa or Florida, they're just like, oh, okay, we get it now. And they just come out swinging and angry and just crush the Predators. I, I mean, the Predators got four goals. I mean, we for, kind of forget that. That's a good performance. It's a good showing. I mean, they scored mm-hmm. eight goals in, in two days. I mean, that's that's great. You yeah. just got to play the, You just got to actually play defense at some point. Uh, I think the expected goals, like a five on five, it was something like, five to two expected goals or something ridiculous at the wow. five on five numbers. Um, that's from evolving hockey. I know like natural, natural threat stat trick and evolving hockey usually have slightly different numbers do, usually going yeah. off by a few points, but um, yeah, I, I would agree. It, it wasn't on Saros entirely. There's no, there's no way, but I think the, the bigger thing for me is, is, you know, one, you, you've got Rene doing nothing right now. I mean, he's, played he's one played- game last month. One game last month. He's played three games in like a month and a half. I mean, it's like yeah. it's it's ridiculous. I mean, he went he earlier on in the year when Saros was injured, he had like nine games in twelve days or whatever craziness it was. But he uh, he hasn't done anything, and so like get, give him that start. And also, when when uh, Saros goes out there and allows six goals, which is the most since February 9th for him, um, uh, you know that that's not that's not something you want to have happen to your ace goaltender. A week, you know, a couple weeks from the playoffs. I mean, look, he, he's mentally, he's in a good place. They, they, that didn't ruin him. But any like battery life you take off of UC Soros going into the playoffs is just not, mm-hmm. not something you want to have happen. So I, I think it was a bad decision. Um, uh, you know, I, I, I get, I get why they did it because you know he's he's their he's their ace and he's like the the guy that's winning them games right now. I mean, I, I've been just... saying that for weeks. It's, it's, you know, it goes, it runs against the sports science. I mean, you know, do do you, do you play your better player, even though they're not going to be able to play at the level you need them to? That's a tough question that coaches ask themselves all the time. And honestly, the, I think you get to an issue where it doesn't work out most often, but the times it does creates like legendary stories you know yeah, you think about yeah. the uh, michael jordan flu playoff game right right you know, things like that like everyone talks about that they don't talk about the dozens of times that you you force i'll talk with this from a personal level you force harry kane out into the field when he's still recovering from an ankle injury again <laughs> and he play and he, he he struggles to contribute because he's not recovered from an ankle injury i mean that's happened under multiple two two different managers now and it doesn't work out it's never worked out um, at least in, in a way that really makes a difference. And I, I think it's the same with, with goaltending choices. Um, it's the same with getting a pl- letting a player go out there, even though you know he's not quite ready. I, I don't even want to think about the number of times um, a player should probably take another week off after a concussion injury. And that was, uh, you're out it, there early. That, that was fa- famously, that was Jeff, Jeff Fisher, old Tennessee Titans head coach. That was his, uh, his sort of line was like, uh, it, it, it Whenever, whenever the player says he's ready to come back and he's feeling all good, wait a week. That's what happens. I mean, that's I think that's great logic, but I would yeah. amend that to say, yeah, wait a week, and also ask the people you pay a lot of money yeah. to to uh, the, the the trainers and the medical staff for the on on staff for these teams are the real unsung heroes because they're the guys essentially keeping the engines running. I mean. 
there's a reason in, in sports like F1, you get so much praise for the crews who maintain the engines and make sure those things run because no matter how good the driver is, the car is, in terms of winning the, the race, almost every bit is important and valuable. And if you don't have a good crew, it doesn't matter how good your driver is. It's the same thing with player. It doesn't matter how good the player is, is, is if the staff keeping him basically functioning, right. you know, right fuel, right exercises, right recovery. I mean, there's a lot of work that goes into keeping these guys performing. And if they're saying the player's not ready, like you need them to be honest and them to push back. And, right. you know, I don't, I don't know how often those guys are listened to in the average NHL team. I don't know how much those guys are hockey guys in that they mm. are like, oh yeah, just, just spit in his shin, rub it in. He's fine. You know, it's like, get sure. him back out there. Like it's only a broken bone. Seeing that well, these last guys night. like yeah. last night against Dallas, uh, which we'll, we'll talk about here now, like the Roman Yossi leaves the game in the first period with what looked like a head injury. I mean, his his head hit the ice with some force, and a guy that has a lot of concussion history, uh, and he leaves. He doesn't come back for the second, and then all of a sudden, late in the second, he comes back. Um, the, I mean. We don't know any of this. We don't know what they. Maybe they were just taping up a, a cut on his face. I don't know. That seems to take. That would be a long time to yeah, tape. I mean, cut, they, maybe cut they, on someone's face. You know, I, I was kind of thinking that maybe they put him through the actual full concussion protocol. Because mm-hmm. remember the thing where they're supposed to like take him and yeah. put him in a dark room and you know all those sort of things. Maybe they actually like put him through the paces, which I don't think typically happens in the NHL. Right. Uh, even though I think it's supposed to. Uh, maybe they did that and they said, you know what? He's, he's gone through the concussion, concussion protocol. He's not showing any symptoms. He looks fine. Yeah. He's okay to go back out there, uh, to say that well, there's probably the... not pressure to do it anyways. Yeah. It, I think we have to assume that that's what happened. I don't think there's any reason to assume anything nefarious or different, but <laughs> nefarious. Yeah. Charles uh, does have but... a light supervillain type look to him sometimes. Light, <laughs> a light supervillain. Light supervillain. Yeah. So let's talk about Dallas on Saturday. That, that was, <clears throat> I was, I was in the building for it, uh, and that was, uh, that was as close to what I've, you know, come to know as, you know, a home game at Bridgestone Arena for years now, as as I've seen. I mean, in fourteen months, that's the loudest I've seen it. It's the most, uh, the most buzz in that building that I've I've seen in a while, um, and uh, it was it was really fun to watch and and uh, part of it is because you know we've been able to vaccinate so many people. Uh, they're still taking precautions even with vaccinations. Everyone's wearing masks. Uh, so in case anyone's curious, like it's there's still plenty of uh, social distancing protocols and everything. Um, so I just personally speaking, I feel very safe going to these games. Even considering, uh, I mean, I'm vaccinated, but like if I was unvaccinated, which I was for some of these games. Uh, I I still feel safe. So just keep that in mind when you see that when you see the big crowd there, it's it's not like uh, well the NFL draft that had just thousands of people uh, there, which I think actually all of them were vaccinated. But anyways, uh, it's not it's not a super spreader because I think there's a, a really solid procedure in place that they've got. I've been pretty impressed with how they've done it. I don't know if you've if you've seen that. No, I I have um I have not been to a game this season, uh, so I don't I don't know the protocols. I'm not sure how i feel i know that we're a couple weeks away from all the restrictions being lifted uh yeah. i think the state is still under 40 well under 50 percent and and um mm. i know when i went to get my shot thursday and when abby my fiance went to get her shot on saturday um i mean we just i basically drove straight through 
Yeah. I mean, there was nobody there. Yeah, so, vaccinations are slowing down tremendously. I mean, even if there are precautions in place, um, <clears throat> you know, if you are a vulnerable person, if you are not vaccinated, it's still a very risky thing to, to do, to be honest. Um, yeah. Even I, if you are vaccinated, would... you're still, you know, vac- the vaccination means you are not going to, probably not going to be hospitalized, not that you will not get sick. Right. Um, so, you know, it, things are improving. Things are better. I, I It's trending in the right direction, but it is still time to be cautious and considerate. Uh, masks and, and I don't know. Important, so. And I don't know how I would feel if there was, if, I mean, when they, when they finally have a full home game, I don't know how I'm going to feel about that because that's going to be very different. But, at, at any rate, it was it was a really great atmosphere, and I was really uh, happy to see it. And then, yeah, it was on it top was of that weird watching the game because it's like it's <laughs> like just this is what I'm used to. Like this is right. what I've seen for just decades. Oh God, yeah, decades, <laughs> I guess. Uh, but on top of that, the game on the ice was like just a really really fun game to watch because it was extremely defense heavy, very physical. Yeah, tons I, of hits. Yeah, um, two two teams that really didn't want it. This is key. It was it often as good as the game was and entertaining as it was. It was two teams that didn't want to lose. Yeah, it yeah. was not necessarily two teams they wanted to win. And but I think that is important. You knew that was going to overtime. Like you just knew somehow it was going to go to overtime no matter what. Either scoreless or 1-1 or something. Because both teams knew that a regulation result was going to be a huge swing in playoff chances for each team. So... Um, yeah, I, I would agree with that. But it it was also, I mean, I was just like on the edge of my seat for for all of it. I mean, it was it was really fun to watch because um, I, it's first of all, both goaltenders were great. Uh, I mean, Soros and Kudobin were were awesome. You mentioned the expected goals in that Florida game were like five to two. The expected goals in this game was like one point eight to one point three. So like totally different game. Yeah. Um, and uh, th- there were there were only thirteen. Oh high danger chances in the game for the, for both teams, 13, even strength, high danger chances, the entire game. Yeah. It's like nothing. And, and you know, it's one of those deceptive games where, um, you know, 10 years ago, even five years ago, if I was breaking down the game, I was like, Oh, you know, there's shots coming from everywhere. All sorts of, the shots were mostly garbage shots. I mean, even on top of it, like no one was really, everyone was happy to stay in the outside. I mean, the predators absolutely had the better. <laughs> um, I, I think if, there was a little bit more bite to their attack. Uh, I, I they could have easily they should have easily been able to put that game away in regulation. Mm-hmm. Um, I think there was a little bit of hesitancy. There's I, honestly, I really do think both those teams were playing with a little bit of fear, and I think that's what leads to more physical hockey these days. Is when you're a little bit afraid of, the, of of either the other team or, or of a particular result. I think you teams tend to play a little bit more physical because um, physical play means you don't have the puck typically. Yeah. Um, and yeah, physical play can get you the puck, but it, it first necessitates that you don't have it. Yeah. Um, so you got to see some great hits. You got to see some kind of felt like some real old school hockey. Um, playing like that is not going to win you a round in the playoffs, though. So I mean, I mean that's I, a- I'm 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 all I'm all about being the absolute like worst person at a party right now. Like I want to be the, <laughs> I'm going to be a complete downer. It's like. Yeah, we had fun, but you know what? You shouldn't have enjoyed it like you did. <laughs> but I mean, I will say, like that—that that looked like the Dallas Stars going to the playoffs last year and going to the Stanley Cup. Like that's—that's that's how they played. I agree with you in that. I, I would also agree that it's not how the Predators are going to win in the playoffs for no. sure. Yeah, but the the offensive—I mean, it is the offensive weapons that Dallas typically employs are usually just stronger. 
You mean like like more effective with scoring? Well, like, Is that what you mean? Or do yeah, you mean, I mean Ben Sagan? I mean, these are guys that are probably better offensively than anyone else in the Predators on the average day. Yeah, I mean they, they've they've been they've been good. I, I think missing. I'm not talking Radulov. about this season, but like historically, Radulov. Thank you. Yeah, Radulov. Another missing game. Radulov I mean, hurts. Yeah, I mean they have they just have a level of offense the predator like the, the can't match the high end. Um, I mean the predators they have, have yeah they have three deep team. But, yeah, they have three high end players. The predators have like one or two. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, and I don't even, I mean, I think Forsberg not in Nashville may be even, performing even higher, um, but that, I mean, that's impossible to really say unless mm-hmm. you see it live. I don't know, I'm um, just a downer, what can I say? No, it's okay, it's all right. Uh, so, uh, but uh, the, the Predators do get the win, uh, Eric Halla wins it in uh, on a deflection in front. Uh, really, Matias Ekholm made that play happen. I mean, he yeah, was, late season superhero Eric Halla. Um, that's right. Signing of, the, signing of the decade. <laughs> he's got he's got eight goals. I think all of them are since like February or March. Yeah, the the the, the meaner I am about him, the more goals he scores. So yeah, I think you I think you uh, were talking about scratching him last week, and I, I was too actually. And then I think he scored like three goals this week. So yeah. Um, <laughs> uh so yeah, i was tweeting about it this morning so i'm just like oh, was that last night no it was last night after the game i was tweeting about it yeah yeah so uh but after that game the result of that game it was an overtime overtime win for the predators the predators now have an 82 percent. this is according to money puck um and this and this you know these percentages go up or down um this one feels a lot more concrete because it's, it's le- with only four games left. It's, it's a lot less volatile from here on out. Yeah. Uh, the uh, Predators have an 82% chance of making the playoffs. Stars have an 18% chance of making the playoffs. Yeah. The Predators yeah. control their own destiny. They're up three points with, you know, the, the stars have a game in hand, but one game doesn't cover that. So uh, the, the Predators have a huge advantage now, a huge result. Huge. So yeah. I mean, the, the stars have a challenging finish to the season. The Predators, I mean, they end with Carolina, you know, in two games, but they have two against a really struggling Columbus team. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I think things are looking really positive for the playoffs. Uh, time to focus on really, I mean, you have to put away these games against Columbus, but you really need to make sure your team is healthy going to the playoffs. That that needs to be a huge focus. If a guy is borderline, maybe you can find it. If, is there a way to get someone else ice time and, and let that guy heal? It's time to start considering that. You gotta you gotta be prepared if you wanna really actually give it a go in, in, in the playoffs this year. Well, that's a good uh, transition into kind of our main story about, about I know West. it is, Alex. I'm trying <laughs> to set you up. You knew what you're doing. So the, the 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 big thing, I mean, obviously rest is a big part of this because the you know the, the Predators have four games left and two of them are, as you said are against Columbus, who is not a very good team, but they're both in Columbus. And then the other two are against Carolina, who is probably the top team in the in the division. I, I, don't, I don't think they've clinched it, but they're probably going to. And also consider that you know Carolina is going to have if, if you if your last two regular season games are against Carolina and you clinch the fourth spot, then guess you get to play again in the playoffs, Carolina. So we could be looking at possi- potentially nine straight games if they go to seven. Uh, against the Carolina Hurricanes, that sounds terrible. Yeah, but, like the Hurricanes, what are they? They're finishing here's they're finishing the season with three games against the Blackhawks and then two games against the Predators. So, I mean, they do rest. not have a super difficult end yeah. to their schedule. So you might have um, some rested. Yeah. Uh, whereas the yeah. the Panthers are going against, they have 
Hawks, Stars, and then two games against the Lightning. So it really, Carolina, they control the destiny as, as the first as the first seed. Yeah. Uh, those games against to end the month, I mean, those are they could end that series and go straight into a seven game series, and that's going to be brutal. I mean, th- yeah. th- it's already going to be playoff hockey if things uh, shape up in a certain a certain way. Exactly. And so I, I guess my my question is, how do you play this with the goaltender specifically? The Predators have enough uh, pieces to move around. Um, we didn't really talk about injuries, but just briefly, they've gotten a lot of their players back. So uh, with, even with a couple more waiting in the wings, um, they've, they've got the opportunity to shuffle in some players on the forward end and even some defensemen that uh, you feel like they can rest certain players. Like they could give, I don't know, Ryan Ellis a rest day. They could give Matias Ekholm rest, maybe even Roman Yossi, depending on how things shake out. But the the key to me is the goaltenders because, you know, I've I've been thinking a lot about this and like, I've been watching hockey for you know my entire adult life. I started watching hockey at 14 or 15, whatever. And I just think like, the more I think about hockey, the more I think that it's basically just two goaltenders going at it. It, it. Like the rest of the ice almost doesn't even matter. It's like if you have two goaltenders who are good or you have an advantage in one end versus the other, that is such a huge part of the game and, and like i never used to think that i used to think it was just like oh if we have if you have the star players if you've got Sidney crosby if you've got wayne gretzky then you're gonna be but it's, it's so much of it is goaltending and and if the predators have the better goaltender they are gonna have an advantage in the in the in the series no matter what else happens on the ice it's just it's crazy to me so i i'm thinking about this like they need to play this last four games very carefully because they want to maintain rest for oh i'm sorry they want to maintain momentum and uh and high level of play for someone like uc soros but also give him rest uh and then there's also this this pecorine factor we'll talk about in a second but um how, how would you approach this last four games with with playing uc soros all the games are spread out there's no back-to-backs that's good um how would how would you play this so i think the most important thing are the two games against columbus I think you have to go into those with <clears throat> all cylinders firing. You cannot rest. If a player, you need your key guys out there. If a player can play, get them out there. For Columbus. Um, yeah, win those two games. Mm-hmm. Then look at Carolina as a chance to say, okay, we won those games. What happened to the Stars? Have we right. locked our position in? Has that 82% become 100% yet? I don't know if that's possible. I It might be. Um, but win those two games, have Soros play those two games, unless for some reason he can't go. Um, then look at Carolina, the Carolina matches. And, and here's what I would do. I would go in and, um, personally, I would play Soros in the first game uh-huh. and Peck in the second game. Yeah. Um, because that's going to give Soros a little bit more time off before the playoffs start. It's going to possibly be a tribute game in some ways to, to Pekka Rene. Um, maybe putting it in a lower pressure situation as the last game of the season. I mean, it depends on how on the mentality Carolina comes into the, uh, into the rink with. Uh, but it's, it's sort of like, you know, a treat for the fans, a treat for Pekka, um, assuming he's not going to, continue as, as you know sign a contract or as a backup or something like that for less money i mean we don't know what he's going to do in the off season yet um so that's sort of managing people um 
I think that there's a there's a fun opportunity if things are really settled to just play Peck at both the home games. I mean, if you're still at 33% capacity, give as many fans as possible like a chance to give yeah. Renee a send off. I think that'd be really nice. Um, you can't prioritize that over top of making sure you are set up to be successful for the Stanley Cup run. Uh, still, you know, it, there's something real nice in there. So I'm, I'm kind of of two minds. But what I, I have, I have liked overplaying Sorrows through April. So I want to make that, that I want to say that because it's a little bit of a sense that, you know, we've been waiting for Soros to win the spot, become the permanent starter. And it's sort of been an ebb and the flow, ebb and flow for a couple of years. Mm-hmm. Um, in my mind, it's a little bit like getting, you know, if you got like a new oven, a new range for your house, it's going to heat up different. The burns are going to heat up different. <laughs> the oven is going to hold heat differently. I mean, no oven is perfect. It's going to hold heat differently. So when you're cooking the things you know how to cook, oh, the pan's going to get hotter faster. Maybe you're going to burn stuff. It, you know, the oven may run hotter or cooler. So things are going to come out undercooked, overcooked. You end up having to be really nervous about th- about the things you normally execute without thinking about because you don't trust your tool quite yet. And, you know, if this is where the analogy falls to pieces because, like, Sometimes then you just kind of go back to what you know. Yeah. There's a safety option. You go back to the old tool you used to cook before. The microwave. Um, yeah, it could be. could be the microwave. <laughs> could be a hot plate. I don't know. You just keep using that because like, oh, when I use the hot plate, like my steak always comes out fine. When this new one, they can't cook a steak right. I'm like, well, no, it's the tool has changed. You have to adapt. And I think you kind of get the same thing with a goaltender. Mm-hmm. And this goes back to how you're talking about the importance of goaltenders. Fans and analysts will talk about how teams play differently in front of a goalie. And I think that's true. Not be- just because a goalie has different strengths and weaknesses from the another goalie, but also there's a mat- matter of uncertainty when it's not a-, a starter. Or if your backup is now the starter and you're having to get used to, okay, you know, this is the new appliance. This is the new goalie. You know, we, we want to do and execute things the same way, but stuff goes wrong and we keep getting burned. So we need to adapt to what we're doing. And it, 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 and that's in the back of your head. And it may not even be true. You may not really need to adapt. So I think by overplaying Sorrows through April, there was a little bit of a sense of, no, he is the guy who's playing. He is the guy to make it happen. Not only is this a chance for Soros and stuff, but it's a chance for the team to know that this is the guy they need to trust and they need to to work with, and that Rene is there to be support, to be on the bench, to be the backup. Uh, and that may be a little bit of what Heinz was going for, even subconsciously. Uh, even though I imagine if you'd asked him, it's like, oh yeah, you ride the hot hand, or whatever you want to call it. Mm-hmm. Um, it builds up trust, and and I think you need to make sure you have repetitions. And the side of it is, these guys are conditioned to play eighty two games plus playoffs. This is a fifty six game season. Yeah, I'm not really worried about Sars getting over fatigued because yeah, he's going to play even if they go and win the Stanley Cup. He's going to have played less games than he would in normal season. That's true. I'm not bothered. Yeah, uh, I want uh, the only reason I really want to see Pekka play is I, I think it's important for him. I think it's important for uh, fan culture um, to make sure that if this is his last season, that he plays on home ice and, and the fans can, can give him some tribute. 
I think that's significant. I, and I really do think that that's a, a factor here. I, the, the, what you just said about the rest, I think makes a lot of sense. Like Soros really doesn't need a, a ton of rest. Uh, he's 26. Um, his, his injury history is more about concussion. And if he's fine there, uh, <clears throat> or I shouldn't say concussion, but a head injury, I mean, whatever it might be, uh, his, his rest situation is probably fine. But having said that, the, the four games, I, I do not think that UC Soros will play all four games. I think there's, I think there's a very, very high chance that Pecorino starts one of those games, <clears throat> whether it's because of rest or because they've already clinched and they can give him, give him the rest. Uh, but also I think of what you said, I mean, the, the Pecorino factor is um, they have to consider that this might be Rene's last year. They might know internally already that it is, or they might know internally that He's going to sign somewhere else, or he's going to try to <laughs> take one one more year somewhere else. I don't think that's going to happen, but um, I think it would make sense to start him uh, one of the final two games against Carolina. And I really like your strategy that you described about focusing on the Columbus games, fo- focusing on the two. The there's eight points here. Four of those points are against a really bad team. Clinch those first. Get those four points, uh, and then come back home to Carolina. Maybe Dallas has done something. Uh, maybe Dallas has fallen off and they're gone, and so you now you, now you can do whatever you want in those last two games against Carolina. So um, I, I totally agree with that. So I I actually think UC Soros probably starts both games in Columbus and then starts one of the two Carolina games. That's that's my thought. But um, yeah, there's there's there, it's uh, it's kind of an interesting uh, circumstance yeah, I, here. You know, I'm actually, and this is this is my fault. I'm looking at the schedule, and for some reason I. <clears throat> both the Carolina games are on weekends or on, on end uh, week, like at, at end of week, but one's on Monday. Yeah. So I'm like, okay, that means, I mean, Pecker really should play the game on Saturday. You think so? Yeah. You know, well, because it's, it's a Saturday, you know? Oh you yes. Know, it's, right. It right. makes a little bit more sense. It's going to be a little bit more of a, it can be a little bit more of a party atmosphere. Um, that's I mean, true. it's again. I'm not thinking about winning games or, or, or man management. I'm thinking about how you, uh, make sure a player gets sent off in the right way and that y- you respect the fans and give them the opportunity. I, I don't know. I'm not like, I just want to make sure that Pekka plays at home this season in front of fans. I do um, think that's, yeah, that's important. It's too I think important. It really is. I mean, like you, you can talk about, uh, look, if it comes down to, they need those two Carolina games to, to clinch because they've lost a, a game or two in Columbus. Like, Soros is going to play. I, I don't. I think. I think they're going to miss that opportunity, and Rene is just going to have to uh, roll the dice and see what happens in the off season. But uh, you know, I, I think the, the most lot more likely scenario is that he does play one of those two games because that is incredibly important for this franchise. I mean, he is he is the number one franchise all time you know, best player. I mean, it's just like he's the he's the automatic retirement number, all that stuff. Um, if they weren't able to give him a, a send off, if that's what this is. Uh, it would be a detriment to him and to the fans and to the franchise. So uh, I think I think it'll probably happen. And um, it, I, we should also mention that the playoffs begin. Uh, it's it's you know it's everything's so strange now because of the the shift in the schedule. But basically, the playoffs are set to begin Tuesday, May 11th. Now I don't know if that means that there will be games on the 11th or if that's just when they put in the schedule they officially start here i imagine that it probably means that the first playoff games will be on wednesday may 12th that's usually what mm-hmm. they do it's like the first games are usually like middle of the week yeah you're not you can't like you could have a scenario where the predators are big carolina on monday and then they play them in the playoffs on tuesday that's yeah insanity, that would pro- so. probably not happen so 
I, I imagine that they'd probably play no later. No, sorry, no earlier than the 12th <laughs> and probably not even till the Thursday or the Friday. Uh, there was a game. I think there were one, there was one season where they played uh, their first playoff game. Wasn't until like that Friday and the, everyone else had already played one yeah, game and some games were even playing game two by then. When is, when is the um, reanimated corpse of Vancouver supposed to finish the season? Yeah, I don't know. I, like I, that, I, just, I couldn't even tell you because like that's one of the other they're gonna, things. I, I mean, I think it's going to be like there's going to be two different tracks of playoff games. Yeah, you're right? going to have like the Canadian playoffs happening yeah. almost entirely separately. I think so. I think that's probably what's going to happen. Um, uh, unless they come to some, to some agreement that, hey, these games don't matter. We'll just finish the game with Vancouver having only played 50 games or whatever. Yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, so that's that's another thing to consider. But they, well, <laughs> I mean, it's not like Vancouver is a playoff threat. I mean... I mean, right. this, the, the ending games aren't even that meaningful. I, I don't know why they're even forcing the teams to play these. Well, it's going to be so strange. I mean, I, I didn't even think about it until we started this show, but the, the fact that the Predators could play the Carolina twice and then a seven-game series, if they end up playing nine games against Carolina Hurricanes, I mean, first of all, that would be pretty impressive because going seven games against Carolina would be tough. I mean, they're, they're so good. Yeah, that would I mean, be impressive, yeah. So uh, if, you, if you end up doing that, even if you end up only playing – in four or five games, I mean, seven straight games against Carolina Hurricanes. That's crazy. I mean, it's it talk about an opportunity to to prove your your metal. Yeah, <clears throat> exactly. That's that's tough. And again, it comes down to goaltending. I I've said it for a while now that Carolina isn't that different from what they were the last four or five years. They just have finally found some goaltenders that work, and will that continue into the playoffs? So, um. They, they're, they've always been a fast, good, you know, pretty good scoring team, but like they've just never had the goaltending. Now they've got it. So um, we'll see what happens. But uh, yeah, so four games this week. Uh, it's uh, it's going to be very interesting. Uh, what, what, what do you th- what do you think happens here? You think that they uh, you think they, they they get it done in Columbus? You think they can pull off two yeah. wins there? Yeah, I mean, I think so. I and mean, this is the team that's feeling good. This is the team that's showing they've got resiliency. They've got a lot of fight. They can adapt their style. Um a little bit uh you know they, they can bruise and grind things out but yeah I, I think they can get four points in columbus it doesn't matter if they give any points away from columbus it do- right. just doesn't matter so uh, whether they go to overtime or not the, just picking up four points is gonna be great the carolina matchup i think it's gonna be what we expect i think they're gonna end up splitting the games um personally if pekka plays one of those two i kind of hope the win goes in his favor and you know i know it's a little bit horrifying for me to hope that Saros loses um but if if they're gonna split I'd rather see Pekka get get the uh get the win to end his potentially end his career I don't want to insinuate that he is done um but you know I, I could definitely see this being a, a six point spread uh mm-hmm. I don't think they're gonna get eight but I, I think six is very feasible given the predators that we've seen for the past month and a half yeah and and that would that would do it I mean even even only six points out of the eight would would clinch it for them because Dallas can make up no more than has to make up three in order to to pass them. So uh, if they lose a game, it's no it's not a big deal. Now I guess well maybe I'm maybe I'm thinking about it wrong. I guess they could if if Dallas won all their games and the Predators lost one, they would actually pass because they have a game at hand. So never mind, I just said that wrong. <clears throat> but it doesn't seem very likely considering well, the Predators are not gonna they're it's not, not gonna... likely. But this is hockey. Yeah, that's true. So uh, welcome, welcome to the life of playoff hockey, and uh, I, I'm I'm really looking forward to it. I think it's 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 fun to finally feel like number one. They look the 
that qualifying round against Arizona, everything about that just felt totally off. Like it, it doesn't, it didn't feel like playoffs. It really technically wasn't playoffs. And uh, then previously to that, the Dallas series, they just, they seemed very outmatched by Dallas. It feels like this Predators team is trending on the up, which is something that they've not had in the playoffs going into the playoffs these last few years where they've been more trending down going into the playoffs. So if they were to be trending up and get some momentum into it, it feels more, um, I don't know that, that they belong, but it feels like, it feels more hopeful, I think, for, for fans. I, 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 like, they're, like they're a fourth seed that can actually compete. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or, or at least they've got something to like to... They're 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 the aggressor here. They're they're, they're the attacking mindset. They're not mm-hmm. they're not defending, uh, you know, their position like they were when they were the number one overall seed or even the the you know central division winner. So they are not the target. They are the arrow. Yeah, exactly. Right. Always be the arrow. Well, sometimes. Uh, <laughs> I don't. I guess. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, better than getting. I get better than being the target, right? Because then you're yeah. gonna get by an arrow. Exactly. Uh, <laughs> Don't get shot um, by arrows, kids. So, yeah, I, I guess that's that's all we've got. So you can check out all of our hockey coverage at a to z sports nashville.com. You can follow me on Twitter at alexdarty one. Follow link on Twitter at three d link. Um, any final thoughts before we before we move on, or before we conclude, rather? You know, I, I you know we've talked about it a lot, but it's going to be quite quite the experience if this really is like the last week of Pecorini's NHL career. Um, he may come back as a backup. I don't know if he's going to want to take that role on or if the, the team wants to try and get some of their younger guys, like have Ingram come back into a new environment, come back, you know, healthy and strong mentally, physically. Mm-hmm. Um, but wow. I mean, what an important person and player to the franchise. I mean, more so than, than anyone. I mean, you know, if Yossi retires a predator, I mean, that might, that might begin to rival what Rene has meant to the franchise. But right. I mean, you, you think, I think of any player in predators history and there's nobody, nobody more important mo- who, who deserves honors than, than Pekka Rene. Um, so I, I just can't kind of, I can't get that in my mind and, and thinking about at least he might get a chance to do that in front of fans and he hasn't announced anything which i think is significant um but still i mean give give him the opportunity to to have that and then if he comes back it's just a you know we just can look forward to maybe sending him off in in a full house um in proper fashion now granted if it goes to the playoffs he may have a game here or there and and he'll still be around so it's not like it's going to be his retirement ceremony right uh but i almost get a little teary i thinking about rene retiring it's He's such an institution in Nashville. It really is uh, important. Yeah. So, it, you know, it's going to be like, this is the time for the Predators to start like a, a little museum, a ring of honor, something. Yeah. Um, and even if you add other players on there, and I think there's some players who deserve to be on like a Nashville ring of honor for the Predators. And, you know, Rene should be the first, even if he's not the oldest player who deserves to be on there. I would say... A guy like J.P. Dumont would deserve to be on there if only how much he means. He was a key player, but also what he means to the community now. Mm-hmm. You know, I think there's some players who would, who deserve to be on there, but Rene deserves to crown that um, at, at this time. Uh, so that's my final thought. It's just this, it's very there, emotional thinking about him retiring. Yeah, and there's almost no there's no uh, 
Um, I mean, other than not winning a Stanley Cup, like there, there, there's 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 nothing left for him to to accomplish. I mean, the, the, obviously, winning a Stanley Cup is a is a big one, but uh, he he's like there's there's no like. Um, well, he didn't do this because, like, he he's done like so much in this in this city for this franchise and for the for the city itself. It's like it, there there's no um, there's almost no uh, excuse for for anyone to not like the guy. I mean, he's he's just just such a, a an institution, like you said. So, um, yeah, they're perfect. Well done and uh, good show. Uh, we'll uh, we'll see everyone next time. Take it easy and goodbye. <laughs>